I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Beers and Breakevens off the back of Magic Round, a cracking weekend of footy. And if you were there, I'm sure you had a great time. If not, I'm sure you would have seen Bloke in a Bar all over. Your TV screens, it was insane. Uh, my co-host, Timmy, welcome back, mate. What's doing? Not special guest this week, mate. Uh, I, I think I'll make you part of the furniture here. You're starting <laughs> to improve, so we're getting there. Mate, how good was it? Magic round. There was all that rain predictor. I was a little bit worried about point scoring and, you know, scoring and games being down. Uh, it wasn't. Still plenty of points. Not a lot of supercoach points, though. I think the average was probably a bit below 1,000 for the weekend. So a bit of a weird weekend in that sense, but uh, made a ripper nonetheless. Mate, I just said to uh, Matty before, I said, oh, what'd you score this week? And he told me and he, he was really disappointed. And I sort of thought, fuck, I only scored 50 more. Mm. So a bit of a grim week all round. Not a heap of movement there. Right, let's get into our ranked scores for the weekend. Uh, I scored 1,004. Uh, pretty disappointing, but uh, turns out everyone was pretty disappointing. I went down 69 spots, dinner for two there. Rank 486, still in the top 500. So thankfully hanging in there yourself. Yeah, made a, a very minor bit of ground on you, mate. 10.28 points to me into st- slight green arrows, 17.07 overall. So it was one of them weeks where there wasn't a lot of movement across the board because the, the scoring was that low. Um, there's a lot of scores between sort of 900 and 1,100. So I don't think anyone sort of moved too far up or down this week. Mate, I was having a look at my season so far. At the end of week one, I was sitting at 90,000. That's the first time I've got a red arrow since then. Jeez. I normally... Am in bed with red arrows by this point of the year. So stoked with how that's going. Matty the Waterboy is getting himself prepped for the next show. He scored 956 uh, and rank 34,000. So he's making ground very what quickly. Charge, Matty Matty the Waterboy. Yeah, watch out. Mate, should we dive into the uh, team list for this week? Let's Big it, talking mate. points. Thursday night, we've got the Knights taking on the Broncos and uh, a familiar face named at six. Uh, I got a little tingle when I saw Anthony Milford named. Mate, how's the excitement of, you know, not that he's done anything for a few years now, but just the, nothing. Th- just the <laughs> thought of, of Milf, all he's been doing, you know, this is based on nothing. I just say he's been ripping and tearing in his off, extended off-season, and he comes back fit and nimble, busting tackles, back in like the, the Raiders' 19-year-old Milf days, linking with Caelan Ponga, the new era of the night. Here we go. I was listening to the playbook last night, and uh, <laughs> one of your boys said that you, you'll know if Milford's on 
when he runs onto the yeah. field even before the ball's kicked and I thought I will too yeah I'll know when he runs from the tunnel to his spot whether he's on or not uh Mitch Barnett named in the 13 jersey we're going to talk about that a little bit later Barnett and David Clemmer they've got Gagai and Clifford on the extended obviously Gagai if he's fit he will come straight into this side Jakey Clifford do you think we'll see him Mate, I think they'll they'll have a crack at Clune and Milford. Why not? Mm. They're, I think their playing styles complement each other. There's no reason why, you know, all going to play in. Clune steers him around the park. Milf is that bit of X factor. Hopefully he focuses on ball running rather than getting him around the park. And, I mean, you know, they'll give it a few games, see how that goes. If it doesn't work, Clifford will come in for Clune or Milf if he's going no good and, and they'll chop and change. But with a bit of luck, they don't have to early on. And the big news out of, well, kind of big news out of Brisbane, we probably, I wasn't expecting Tamari Martin to be named. He has been named. Uh, I'm hearing there's a good chance that he will not play, though, uh, which would see Selwyn Cobbo jump into the fullback role, Jordan Pierre coming onto the wing. So that could be very exciting. We move to Friday, 6 p.m. Uh, not much doing with the Tigers, supercoach-wise, but the Dogs. Uh, Topine comes in in the second row. We spoke about him on Bloke in a Bar a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I had a lot of people message me about him. I think he turned into a bit of a trap last year. But even if you do like him, the fact that RFM's sitting on the extended, I think they just bow each other out, don't they? I think so. There was, yeah, big raps on Topine. Well, there is big raps on Topine, should I say. And came in, got a few starts last season. And, you know, it's hard to start it with you a seasoned veteran or a rookie in a side like what the dogs sort of threw up last year. So uh, I'd be interested to see what he can deliver. 280K, Supercoach-wise, plays round 13, that early buy-around coverage. So the fact that he hasn't played yet, there'll be no price movement between now and round 13 for him. So one that we can monitor in the next few weeks. And the other one is, yeah, for Tyler Marino, if he can come back with a bit of a bang, who knows? I was having a look at his New South Wales Cup stats the last few weeks where he's played back row for 80 minutes. He's looking at scores between 35 and 40 pretty consistently So to Pine. So, yeah, that one is what it is. Uh, the late game, Eels taking on the Manly Seagulls. Uh, Parramatta, big news here. Ryan Madison in the 13. He's been absolutely braining it coming off the bench. Yes, he's scored a try the last two weeks, but his base stats have been off the dome. We're talking 56, 58. Uh, we've also got Sebo and Russell on the bench. We'll talk about Matto a little bit later when we get to our questions. And for Manly, no shock. Burbo out, so another blank spot on the old extended <laughs> bench. And Joshy Schuster named on the extended. Uh, one to keep an eye on over the next few weeks. He might come in to start, but I thought he looked a little bit underdone, as he should, a couple of weeks ago. So you expecting him to come off the pine still? I'm really not sure, mate. I, I, they may as well take a conservative approach with him. I, I know they're coming off a tough loss and you know, they'll be a little bit worried about ladder position going into the origin period where they'll lose some key players, but... They've got to be think, thinking long game with both he and Tommy Turbo and just going, you know, well, particularly coming off hammy injuries. Um, Schuster's off a hammy injury. He went down with a might have been a different injury the last couple of weeks. Playing cautiously, if it means playing him 30 or 40 off the bench, just do that for a week or two and get him back to that 80-minute role because we've seen how important he is to that team. I think realistically this week, even if he does start, he ain't <laughs> playing 80. No, He'll well, play 30 hopefully. to 50 regardless. We'll yeah. have to assume so anyway. Mate, let's move to the Saturday games. Uh, the Dragons taking on the Warriors. Dragons, not a heap <coughs> doing there that's super coach relevant. Heap of fucking brain explosions as per usual though. But uh, for the Warriors, Ewan Aitken, uh, he returns. And Chanel Harris-Tavita on the extended bench. I've heard a few people throwing around uh, Dijon Arcee. But if CHT is there, you have to be a little bit worried about that one. Yeah, it just depends what they want to do with Arcee. And we spoke a bit about it on the, the Bloke in the Bar podcast the other day, but <clears throat> CHT's 
a really strong defender and probably not probably I think he's the strongest defending half in the club so as decent as Arcee's looked in his couple of games so far <clears throat> negative 19 break even 310k dual position CT dub 58 which is huge um, it's, it's an awkward one because you don't want to go early on him and then have a bloke playing off the bench or in the extended squad uh, you know basically you'd be buying him as that early buy round coverage and then CHT comes back in so um, you know there's temptation there you know there's also an option that Arcee moves to centre at some point if CHT does come back in but there's just a lot of question marks and one to avoid. I think with Jesse Arthur's on the extended mm. too, it worries me whether he's going to get that centre yep. spot. Uh, let's move to the 5.30 game. Cowboys taking on the Melbourne Storm. This one could be game of the week. Uh, Drinkwater obviously came off early last week. He has been named in the one uh, for those that have him and look like me. Uh, <laughs> Jerome Hughes named in the seven jersey. Brandon Smith into the front row. I've had a few messages about Brandon Smith. Um I don't know, he's just not doing it for me this year. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm not really looking at him. Oh, definitely not this week, mate. I think he will be a really good buy over the Origin period. With mm. Harry Grant playing Origin in anywhere in a sort of a 60 to 80 minute role, he'll slot in and like I can see Grant getting rest over that Origin period, particularly with Melbourne are in the ladder. Belliac doesn't need to overplay these sort of guys through that period. And they've got a ready-made bloke in the, the New Zealand international hooker, Brandon Smith. So I can see him getting a lot bigger minutes that period. He's currently at 400k at the moment, break-even 59. So there's no way I'd be going early, but from round 14 onwards, I think he's a massive target. Mate, the 7.35 game, the Roosters taking on the Penrith Panthers. Uh, Nat Butcher, he's been named at 13. We'll talk about him when we get to our questions soon. A very interesting one. And uh, Satili Tupanua, he has been named despite that shot that he wore from Dill Brown last week. So he's got a pass. HIA protocols. Also worth noting that Rooster side, which he could become relevant over the next few weeks or at least be part of it. Egan Butcher for the first time named on the bench. Uh, played some decent minutes in Reggie's last week. So one to keep an eye on. Sunday, we got two o'clock. The South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Globetrotters, the Canberra Raiders. They're back. Uh, Trent Surgeon. Peoples. Trent Peoples named in the, <laughs> in the second row. I'm sure we'll get to him as well. Uh, and then we've got Simon Wolford, who is still in the nine. No real shock there, but... Uh, Simon Wolford, the old veteran, made a comeback. Simon Wolford, germ. Zach <laughs> Wolford uh, in the nine there. <clears throat> Mate, four o'clock, the Gold Coast Titans and the Cronulla Sharks. Nico Hines back in the seven, thankfully. Uh, Miller in the one. Wade Graham starts. Wilton on the bench. Fuck, I feel sorry for Wilton, don't you? Mate, what more can a bloke do to keep a start? Oh, and, I mean, we've seen... Um, not blaming Wade Graham, but he's come in and they haven't, you know, they have new faces in there in Nico Hines, who's now so pivotal to their attack. They've got Wade Graham coming back in, who's also super pivotal and plays a key role in attack. And they had such a good thing going. And while it's only a small sample size, it's kind of like, well, they're going to they're gonna have to learn how to put a new combination together, aren't they? And it'll happen because they're quality footballers. But uh, poor old Teague, he, um, yeah, didn't do much wrong. Mate, Nico Hines uh, absolutely fucking dusted us last week if you mm. captained him, which I did, I assume, by your score. Yep. You did as well. Uh, are we burnt? Are we going again? Yeah, I'm tossing up between him and Nathan Cleary, mate. I, I think I'll be going Cleary just because I'm a little scarred from last weekend. But in saying that, it was still 50 points in a low-scoring round across the board. So, yep. you know, it wasn't horrible. Uh, and he was playing, I mean, out of position for his new club. Yeah, I said tossing up Cleary v Hines, but <clears throat> Titans match up. It's pretty enticing, isn't it? Mate, well and truly, especially up there on that track. Absolutely love it. Mate, our hot topic <coughs> for this week, uh, we're going to take a deep dive into round 13. It's going to be incredibly uh, important this season. And, mate, I guess off the top, 
something that I didn't realise myself up until about 10 days ago and something that I, a lot of keen Supercoach players I've spoken to haven't realised, we do get a couple of extra trades during this buy period. Yeah, like not given extra trades, but we get extra uh, sorry, extra opportunities to make trades. So round 13 and round 17, those two major buy rounds where half the clubs are on the, on the spell, we get three trades rather than the regular two, uh, and including a boost, if you've still got them there, four trades, uh, which is pretty huge. So factor mm. those into when you're looking at your round 13, round 17 numbers that you know, you should be having at least one extra bloke there. I think it's really important because <coughs> I, I especially look at the Roosters and we'll talk about them soon. They've got two really tough matchups before round 13. So a guy like Joey Manu, I really don't want to bring him in before that. But in my mind, I was thinking, fuck, that's one of my three trades I have to use. All of a sudden, you got four mm. if you've saved your boost, which, fuck, I hope you have. <laughs> yeah. If you've used them all, you're in, you're in a bit of curry, aren't you? Yeah. Like, and that's it. We look at blokes, again, we'll speak about him shortly, but Ruben Cotter, who's a... You know, a hot target this week, but is now in line for an origin call-up or every chance on the radar of Billy Slater there. <clears throat> he, you know, with Melbourne, uh, the Cowboys two games coming up, two really tough ones. I don't really want to go early on Cotter. So the fact we've got the four to use in round 13, I'm just going to be waiting for that. Yeah. Mate, should we dive into uh, <laughs> round 13? We kick off. So obviously it's two weeks away, but you need to start preparing for this now. We've got the Gold Coast Titans playing the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh a Titans, I think I'm just putting the red Sharpie through them. I don't think I can target any of these guys. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's not much there, is there? One that, like, Jaden Campbell's excellent on the weekend. I think he busted 13 tackles or something. Uh, so, you know, quite a supercoach-friendly game. I just, you know, you can't really trust the Titans on the form they've got at the moment. Uh, even in that, like, he, he absolutely blitzed that game, ran for about 270 metres. Still, what he scored, 71 points in that and looked he had like 12 tackle breaks. Yeah, yeah. So, right. um, I mean, David Fafita may be back by then. He'll more than likely be on origin duty. So unless there was the off chance that he returned that week and they didn't want to play him fresh off an injury, you know, AJ Brimson, a little bit of a smoky. We know he's gone on runs in the past in Supercoach, but it looks a bit of a short-term fix. Uh, and I, I suppose probably the only other one that would come into a little bit of attention is Bo Furmore, who <clears throat> started the year really well, dual centre, second row. Averaging 59 for the season, but he's very try-reliant. So in the five games, he hasn't scored a try this season, hasn't scored over 50 points. Yep. And you look at some players and go, well, they're playing good footy and why can't tries continue to come? Historically, it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, give or take someone like maybe, maybe big Billy Kickow, who's just an attacking weapon. But uh, I'm putting a line through them entirely. <clears throat> if I owned Fermor, I'd hold on to him until that round, but yeah, not overly keen. And mate, of course, they are playing the Cowboys there who are one of the better defensive sides in this competition as it stands, so I, I can't go near them. <coughs> For the Cowboys, uh, you mentioned Ruben Cotter. Obviously, if you don't already have him, uh, it's a wait until round 13 to see if he is picked in the origin side. We've got a question about him soon, so we'll talk about him then. Um, Drinkwater at fullback. I look at this side and I think that even if there is competition for that fullback spot over the next two weeks, which personally I think Drinky has got it anyway. Val Holmes is going to piss off to play Origin, so you'll see Hammer jump into the centre spot anyway. So Drinky, I like him in this one. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to deliver some trash in the next couple of weeks yeah. for Hammer to play fullback. Um, yeah, games upcoming against Melbourne and Penrith. Uh, we're really going to get an idea, get a gauge of where the Cowboys are at in this competition and whether they're genuine title contenders um i'm still skeptical despite them doing not putting a foot wrong this season but we're going to find out um drinky 
he's fine. Break even 100, 682k. So I would be shocked if he didn't drop money over the next couple of weeks. And he's a massive weight to round 13 for me. Uh, anyone who went last week, what did he get? 46 points. So... Yeah, a little bit of concern with the way they're bringing on the hammer, and they, you know they took him off for I think ten or eleven minutes there on the weekend. But mate, he's playing good footy, and yeah, one to massively target for thirteen. It, it filled me with confidence when they took Hiku off <clears throat> and they moved Hammer into the centre jersey yeah. and drink water back on. But I was nervous as all fuck before that. <laughs> uh, Taumalolo, if you've still got him, uh, obviously didn't play a heap of minutes last week. Are we expecting Todd to just let him run the barn this weekend or what? Yeah, mate, I, I reckon he'll play sort of. Onwards of 65, probably 70s, maybe a stretch. But 31 minutes on the weekend, which is well down on his season average. Uh, 55 so far for the season. But in the bigger games, he's been playing 60, even 65. So that was a clear indication that Peyton was looking ahead to this Melbourne game and going, I need my best forward, playing big minutes. He'll be rested for that. And, you know, point scoring-wise... Nobody really scores well against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, forwards in particular that shut out of games with that line speed, their wrestle, everything there. So I'm not necessarily expecting him to score that well, but minutes I don't think will be up substantially. And anyone thinking about selling or benching or any of that sort of stuff, just play him because I think he should be a lock for a solid at, at least 50 points. Uh, a lot of talk about Reese Robson. Obviously, mm. hooker options looking pretty grim. Wolford, he's popped up, but I'm not sure if he's going to be... Um, a long-term guy for us might be, but uh, Reese Robson has been scoring pretty well. As long as the hammer is on the bench, Robson will play 80 minutes. Uh, his scores the last three weeks without Granville on the side have been pretty solid. Yeah, well, he's played 80 minutes four times in the last five rounds, three 80-minute games in a row, three-round average of 68. Basing 45 for the season in 80-minute games. So in these last three games of 80 minutes, his base has been 55, 61, 51, which is exceptional. He's also a bloke with a little bit of attacking upside as well. He's got a good scoot on him. He can burrow over for a try here and there. Um, I really like him. He'd, I don't have his ownership in front of me, but it wouldn't be much. Uh, and with everyone looking to move on, Chris Randall, Robson's a massive play, particularly if... I mean, Cotter you can get at second row as well, but a lot of people are thinking probably Randall to Cotter. Um, but if Cotter does get picked for Origin and you want to stray elsewhere, mate, he's a, he's a massive play. Yep, I like it. The SC Playbook Podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, Give them a call on 9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Friday night, the Panthers and the Canterbury Bulldogs in round 13. Panthers, they'll be missing all their origin boys. Are you looking at anyone here? The one who I don't feel right about because I've never really wrapped him as a Supercoach prospect, but... It's Viliami Kikau, yep. and just the numbers he's putting up, mate. He's, he's getting, getting more consistent, isn't he? He's getting more consistent because he's just getting better and better as a footballer. So he's he's very attack-reliant. I mentioned Bo Firma before relies on, on tries a little bit as a back row. Compared to the, the elite back rows in the game, Kikau's base, um, again to reiterate for anyone who sort of missed it, base is... Your work rate, basically. Your, your tackles, your runs, and then your, your minus missed tackles. So the stuff you can sort of bank on if no attacking stats come, which you need to do with your forwards in particular, 32 per game. So in context, your Angus Crichton's, your Ryan Madison's in, in big-minute roles might base anywhere from 50 to 60. 
That's a lot. Yeah. But Kikau's attack is so good that he's just getting these attacking stats week in, week out. Uh, and the other big thing is he's playing massive minutes, mate. Like, he's playing anywhere from sort of 75 to 80 the last five, six weeks. So with those extra minutes on ground, you know, he's not necessarily getting through more work, but he's getting more attacking opportunities with ball in hand. 600k, you're paying top dollar for him, but to have an elite player like him in a weak second row forward position this year, uh, I just think he's super hard to ignore. Ryan Madison, who we'll get to a little later, the fact that he's been named to start now throws a bit of a spanner in the works. I'm thinking, oh, do I go to Maddo instead? But Kikau's hot on my radar. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he has to be right up there. They're playing the Canterbury Bulldogs, as you said. Uh, Kikau needs some attacking stats. Not a bad side to play if you're looking for some attacking stats. For Canterbury, though, uh, we've obviously, well, most of us have still got Maxi King. I'll be holding him until that game. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. Now, we've said for the last few weeks, wait until... Round 13 if you're going to buy TPJ because you never know what the fuck he's going to do. And good God, didn't he disappoint last week? TPJ, TPJ'd the best out of us. He's just... I don't think there's been a more... A player who's failed to deliver on Supercoach expectations more than TPJ. One of them blokes who every time you bring him in, and there's been many times over the years, he just finds a way to become Supercoach irrelevant. Granted, a lot of that time it's through injury or suspension or something like that, but just always. And, and look, he's been pretty solid this season, averaging 58, but we've mentioned for a few weeks in a row now, he's not hurting you with 80, 90, 100-plus scores by not owning him. Um, so to negate that risk of injury and suspension between now and round 13, just wait on him. Even then, mate, to be honest, I know he's dual second row, front row, but I'm not that crash hot on him. Yep. I, I, just, I don't think he's doing that that much to warrant or justify being bought. Um, again, Two weeks to see what he can do, and then we'll consider then. He comes in against a Penrith side who will be weakened, but it's still going to be a pretty strong side who negate forwards big time in Supercoach, so we'll see. I would just say this about Canterbury, too. If you are looking at any of these guys, you need to watch them very closely over the next two weeks with a new coach walking in there. Anything could happen with their rotations. And, mate, you look at someone like Max King, who he's cementing his spot on the bench, but... New coach coming in. What's to say that he won't get a starting role and play bigger minutes? Lots of people are selling this week. He sort of he has peaked in price for the time being. Probably not going to go up too much at all, but he's an extra number for round 13. He yep. should punch out anywhere between 40 and 50 in that round. Um, just hold him, and he can be the first bike you sell come round 14. Mate, Saturday, uh, Saturday night, the Manly Seagulls take on the New Zealand Warriors from Brookvale Oval. Obviously, Manly will be missing a fair whack of troops, Turbo, Chez, etc., potentially Olakawatu. Uh, Ruben Garrick has to be the one we're looking at here, doesn't he? Yeah, Rubes. I think Rubes will be in for me. Another one that I'll just be waiting until round 13. He's got that low score uh, in his three-round average now, so he's going to drop a fair bit in price. Mm. Um, you know, Tommy Trebojevic is so key to him as well and his form and, and fitness, obviously. So, you know, Tommy's obviously struggling a little bit at the moment. Hopefully give it two or three weeks. He gets back to form. Not that he'll be there, be there in round 13, but Rubes will play fullback that week with Tommy out where he traditionally scores pretty well, albeit with a smaller ceiling without Tommy Turbo. But, mate, he put together one of the great Supercoach seasons last year and if we can get him at anywhere from 550 to 60K for round 13, uh, lock him in. What about Joshy Schuster? I mean, if he starts to get close to that 80-minute role over the next two or three mm. weeks, do we look at him? Yeah, massive target. Um, he's a guy that... He's been solid in Supercoach the last couple of years, albeit sort of... Well, I should say last year. He played 18 games last year. He played one game in 2021, but averaged 61 points last year, which is... It's not second-row keeper, but he's just such a talented footballer. The fact that he you know, is... 
we'll hopefully get him a few minutes this week. We can get him at a cheaper price. Uh, definitely a target. But again, it's a massive watch for a couple of weeks, isn't it? See how he comes back fitness-wise, see what he's putting together, and then we can consider round 13. If the Warriors' edge defence comes out against Manly as it did Oof. last week, though, Schuster could score a fucking thousand yep. there. Uh, for the Warriors, <laughs> I've obviously got my boy Reese Walsh. Um, I like him heading into this matchup Not and the next call, two mate. weeks. Not a bad call, but yeah, I'm happy last week, but uh, what, 73 on? 76, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was happy with it. Um, Mate, I actually got so high on my own fucking farts this week that I even looked at Marcelo Montoya yesterday and then went, nah, just just settle down. Just Jesus just take your little Christ, W with Reese Walsh. Move the fuck on. <laughs> um, Tohu Harris, though, he could be an interesting one. Um, I mean, it's still two weeks away by that point. Hopefully he can push towards that 80-minute sort of mark. Yeah, he'll get there. Um, and because he's such an important cog in that Warriors outfit and they're going so ordinarily over the last month they'll try and get him back to big minutes as quick as they can uh, he's been a super coach gun for so many years now one of the few players to leave melbourne and arguably become a better footballer and a better super coach player like you don't leave melbourne and become yep. score better at super coach Torhu harris has been mental uh, and his first game back really encouraging so always been a bit of a ppm beast 30 minutes, scored 37 points in that time. This is first came back from a, like, a very lengthy injury. 29 in base stats. So if we can get a little price drop as well, which we will, before round 13, he's 600K now. Might be able to pick him up for about 550K. Uh, and he's a season-long keeper. He's a gun in a round where there are very few playing. So again, we'll monitor him over the next two or three weeks, but massive target. Four o'clock, Sunday, round 13, the Canberra Raiders take on the Sydney Roosters. I'm going to leave the Raiders for now because a lot of them pop up in our questions later, uh, unless there's anyone outside of Wolford that you want to sort of touch on. Uh, the only one would be, and, and a bloke who's probably snuck under the radar a little bit, is Joey Tappany. Yeah. Uh, only because we knew how good a footballer he was. We were just concerned about what Ricky was going to do with his, his Raiders this year, and particularly his forward pack. They've got so much depth in the back row and the front row, for that matter. We didn't know if Taps was going to be playing games off the bench, fewer minutes, what's happening. Now, his minutes haven't been anything outstanding. 48 up on 41 last year, but he's averaging 57 per game. Dual front row, second row. He's a guy I can see. He's so pivotal to this Raiders outfit, along with Joshy Papali, that I can see his minutes increasing. Like yep. We've seen him play 80 minutes as a middle in the past. <clears throat> He's capable of it. He's got the fitness there. Um, so a real sneaky one with serious attacking upside as well. Like he's a weapon near the lines, can score and can set him up. So again, front row forward's not terrific this year. It's been pretty ordinary for a couple of years now. So one that I don't mind sneaking in there. But again, games upcoming against the Bunnies and then the Eels. Not one we have to go early on, but I think he's a target for 13. Yeah, well, yeah, assuming that Josh Papali is going to be playing Origin, mm. I think that's going to be close to him. Like, the Raiders will look at that and go, this is a must-win game yeah. against the Chilson without Teddy and the crew. That's it. And the other one there is you've got, like, if Zachy Wolford does keep his spot uh, in that side, they've got him and Tommy Starling in the hooking rotation. Um, they're two players who aren't really going to spend too much time I mean, they are middle forwards. They're playing as hookers, but uh, in that front row, back row rotation. So Adam Elliott, who was sharing that role with Tommy Starling, you know, there, there might be more minutes to give there. Mate, the Roosters, they're the last team in round 13 we'll have a look at. They take on the Panthers this week, the Cronulla Sharks the week after. So two pretty tough gigs leading into round 13. So anyone I'm buying from the Roosters, maybe outside of Nat Butcher, uh, I'll be buying that week. 
outside backs, uh, we've got Daniel Tupu. We've got Joey Manu. We've got Suwali. If you don't have him, I would assume most do at this point. <laughs> Manu's the one that I'm probably looking at, but I really don't want to get him in the next two weeks. Who are you eyeing off at the Chookies? They're a funny one, the Roosters, because you'd be sitting there going, gun team, <clears throat> albeit out of form by their standards. You'd be looking, playing that first major buy and lock in as many as you can, basically. But another team we've spoken <coughs> about with that Penrith game, Cronulla, they'll be semi-depleted in round 13 for the Raiders, albeit nice matchup. Then they come back into Melbourne, Parramatta, Penrith into a bye. So they've basically got one good week in the next six, seven weeks, and that is the bye against the Raiders without a lot of players on deck. So... Mate, I'm tending to probably steer clear of all of them. Even Joey Manu, while I like him, he should probably play fullback that week. I just think there's... I don't even want to play my outside back, Suali included, in those games outside of round 13 because of how hard the draw is. Um, so, mate, outside of maybe Nat Butcher, who gets an opportunity now with Victor Radley gone for 6-8, to eight, he's very cheap and we can have a look at him this week, look at his role in, in that back row, how many minutes he gets, but I'm not real keen on any of them. Mate, it could even get, it could be even scarier if, touch wood, the Canberra Raiders have actually turned a fucking corner <laughs> and they're yeah. the side they should be all of a sudden for that game. Could be tough. Let's dive into some of the questions sent in by listeners. The first one comes <laughs> from at NRL Deadly. Who goes first, Talakai or Stags? If you're going to sell one, personally, I've got both of them and I'm going to hold both of them. I just think there's too much upside in both of them. I know people are getting impatient with Talakai, but I'm telling you, the moment you sell him, he's going to come out and fist whoever he plays and score 130. I'm so confident of it. <laughs> he's the second most traded player this week. Fuck. I, ha- I have not considered it for the f- for a second. Like He's getting dual second row centre status next week, which makes him even more important, particularly when you think people have got guys like Bo Firma or nearly all of us have Isaac Tago, uh, except for any of those poor souls that sold him last week. Um, you just got, hold on to him. For God, like I think he'll probably be the arguably the top scoring CT dub by season's end or top three thereabouts. How terrified would you be not owning him? He's been a whisker of scoring tries the last three weeks. Katoni Stagg shut him down beautifully two or three weeks ago. Um, you know, they were hindered a little bit last week. Nico to fullback and a few key outs. They played with 11 blokes against the Warriors for a period there. Mate, he'll come good, and anyone who sells is going to regret it big time. Round 21 onwards. Dragons, <coughs> Tigers, Manly, Canterbury, Newcastle. Um, you... You're not going to have that many trades left by that point. You're going to have to bring this fucker back in or he's going to absolutely murder you in the back end. Just keep him. Yeah, and like we're, what, we're 10 rounds through the season now. There's been a lot of good cheapies pop up. So our squad values are pretty decent. We don't need to go for every cheapie that comes on the market. We don't need to sell every gun who's falling in price. We've got enough money to play around with that we can hold on to these guys and dodge a few Burbos or Tassas or these sort of players. So just hold on to Talakai and I'm very confident. You won't regret it. Yeah. And if you want some more advice, go and ask anyone that sold fucking Targo last week how they're feeling about that move. Yeah, that's it. We copped a bit of grief for saying we uh, you needed to bench Targo last week, but we also said you're a lunatic if, you, if you're, you're selling. selling. So, so take some solace in the fact that uh, you still own him for his ton and you'll have a gun play in a gun team for round 13. And, mate, Katoni Staggs, uh, <coughs> Brisbane, four on the trot. They're looking good. Their right side's their strong side. He hasn't been getting as much ball the last few weeks, but I feel like... He's in the exact same boat. He's he's base stating well. He's scoring you 35-odd a week when he's not really getting much mm. ball. When he does get ball, we know what Katoni can do. That's it, mate. And, and you alluded to base stats there. And he's a guy, he's probably not had terrific base in the past, but 
He's been pretty good this season. Outside of the game against, uh, I think it was the Bunnies two weeks back, he's had 29 in base in six of his past seven games, which is very solid for a bloke with the attacking upside that we know he's got. Um, He's managed to dodge the attacking stats pretty well the last few weeks. But look, I can see why people may want to sell him at 5.16k, break even 117. But again, a guy, he also offers round 17 coverage. So yes, we're looking at round 13 and focusing on that, but... Anyone from round 13 you have also isn't going to play round 17. So that's just as important. Um, if you're selling one of these premium CT dubs, and a lot of us own him, it's Xavier Coates for me. Yep. Melbourne have a brutal run. He'll be unavailable over Origin. Uh, you know, stars can go low with 30 points. Xavier Coates scored eight on the weekend, and he's about to drop a shit ton of cash. So, mate, it'd be Coates out for me, for anyone who owns him. In fact, he is leaving my side this week. And Stags, you know, there's a case to sell him... Definitely don't tell Talakai, but I'm holding both Stags and Talakai. All right, some rapid-fire ones here. This one comes from Zach Clogan. Thoughts on Nat Butchie? You sort of already alluded to this one. You're not overly keen? Mate, we don't do rapid-fire here, all in depth. <laughs> um, nah, Nat Butchie, I'm just going to watch him this week. I actually am keen on him for next week, but you know, if he comes out and plays lock, if they go for big boys like Maria Hargreaves, uh, Takiyaho in the middle, who they will be, you know, they might... Sh- play Takiyaho in the middle for a bit for 20 or 30 minutes there, depending on how they want to operate. But I just don't want to see... I don't want to get Butcher this week, see him come out and play 40 minutes and go, well, that's a waste of a trade. In fact, it's a waste of two trades because you've got to then get rid of him after round 13. But if he comes in and plays a 65-minute role at lock, which is every chance he does in the absence of Radley, mate, I think at 369k, he'll be a really good buy. And he's got a pretty good run at that, that 13 jersey with Radley out. Yep. Next one comes from Brad Lenton. Is Barnett worth a look or hold off? And I'm going to pair that into the next question from Sleepy Dreams. Is David Clemmer worth getting for me? I think Mitch Barnett's going to be a bit of a cock block for David Clemmer over the next few weeks. I was very keen on Clems, but I'm very nervous yeah, now. Yeah, for sure, mate. Clemmer's been awesome this year and, and one that's gone really under the radar, super consistent, lacks sort of the ceiling of the probably, in my opinion, the premium front row options in your pain houses. You Obviously, Isaiah Papali, who's leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of them. But you mentioned Mitch Barnett coming back there, named to play at lock this week. They've got back rollers back in Frizzell, um, Fitzgibbon's back, Kurt Mann's back in the next, well, any day now, pr- probably next week. They all come into middle rotation, and it doesn't bode well for Clems Minutes, who's had to play a huge game time in the absence of all these blokes. Mitchie Barnett, I think, is an interesting one because he's been a really good supercoach scorer in the past. Um, 458k is very cheap. The Knights don't play round 13. So I want to see his minutes when Kurt Mann comes back because there's every chance that Mann comes back, starts at lock, and Barnett plays off the bench in a 50-minute role. Uh, we've seen him play less, uh, which I think is madness because he's a weapon. But uh, just wait till round 14 for either of those blokes. Next one comes from Steve Hebner, 69. Thoughts on Wolford Randall. Got to move him on soon. What are your thoughts on Wolford? Wolford, absolutely do not go early on him. I mean, we've seen Ricky's preference with the Raiders and with his hooking rotation to... We saw it with Hodjo last year. We've seen it with Adam Elliott this year, Matt Frawley there for a little bit. These blokes who deputised at hooker and played a 20-minute role to start the game, then Starlow would come on and play 60 straight. Now, it's a little bit different with Wolford because, A, he was very good on debut, but he's a specialist hooker. So maybe he can stretch that on a little bit. I think he played 25 even in the first 30 minutes of that game and then came back on late. But, look... (laughs) It was his debut. He was good. He scored well, but he had a lot of attacking stats. 
he could easily be a 25-minute hooking role for the Raiders, in which case he'd be a massive trap, make you 50K and get you 30 points in round 13. Um, could be a terrific buy next week, but just don't go early on him. Mate, a question sent in by just about everyone. Ryan Madison, what are you thinking this week? Um, you know, as oh. we said, score tries and whatnot. Um, do you bring him in or he's obviously not playing round 13, but they are sort of keeper numbers at the moment, aren't they? I got a bit of a chip on my shoulder with Maddox. I started the year with the mongrel and he bloody <laughs> did his hammy in round one. <clears throat> Thought he had this great pot. He was about 8% ownership to start the season. But <clears throat> and he hasn't played more than 56 minutes since round five. So when he was been coming off the bench, I was happy to dodge him at 660k. But now that he's been named to start, which is huge because they've dropped Nathan Brown to the bench. Like he looks pretty bloody good, doesn't he? He's, his base is unreal. We've seen what he can do in attack. Um, you know, his PPM, like his base will be up playing in the middle in big minutes. How many minutes do you think he's going to get? Do you think he goes into a 65-plus minute role or do you think his minutes stay the same with Brown just coming on at, say, the 30-minute mark? I, I think he could head into the 65, 70 sort of realm. Which makes him close to a must-have. Again, in a pretty weak back row position. Break even of 14, so he is going to make cash, but it won't be anything substantial. So I'm going to wait a week. I think I'm going to wait a week. Could change my tune uh, by tomorrow night. Um, wait a week, see what his minutes are, and then maybe get him next week if he plays 65. I keep looking at Maddo and thinking, <laughs> I'll wait, I'll wait. Then I keep yeah. looking at the scores and I keep going, fuck, I don't know if I can wait. All of a sudden it's got a bit of a Papali'i sort of feel to him. Yeah. It's just like, just get him in, just make it work. Mm. Um, I don't think I will, though. But I'm the same as you. I could get to Thursday night <coughs> and be we'll fucking panic stations. Uh, now, mate, I didn't go through the group at the start of the show, so I'll go through that quickly. Uh, in first place in our group, remember, $2,000 up for grabs here for the overall winner. Uh, Team Hoppo, Luke, he's coming first in our group. He's sixth overall in Supercoach. The Dark Knights, Glenn holding on for another week. Seventh overall in Supercoach, second in our group. The Bearded Clams, Alex, 13th overall. Overall in Supercoach, third in our group. Lachlan, uh, his name is Bellamy Bez. Uh, he is 19th overall in Supercoach, fourth in our group. And Oprah Tinfries holds on for another week. Dane there, fifth in our group, 29th overall. Five guys in the top 30, Timmy. We're doing something right. Good goal, mate. Good to see Oprah Timfrey sticking strong there, showing some consistency. And uh, I think we're looking at 15 in the <clears> top 100. It's actually 15 in the top 85. So uh, plenty of movement there in beers and break-evens, doing good things. Mate, is there anyone else you want to touch on? Uh, mate, I think you've uh, covered all the big ones for me. Yeah. What are you thinking captain-wise this <coughs> week before we go? Obviously, we spoke about Nico Hines on Sunday Arvo against yeah. the Gold Coast Titans. I'm leaning towards Nathan Cleary. I think last year, Penrith put plenty on the Roosters. They haven't done much to convince me, despite a good win over Parra, that they're back this year or any of that. So Penrith might be a bit down after a huge win on the weekend, but oh, I still like Nathan Cleary. Um, I think there's a bit of rain forecast for Sydney over the weekend. If there's rain there, I'll definitely go with Cleary. If it is a dry afternoon, that Sunday Arvo, Nico Hines... Well, he's up on the Gold Coast, so he should get a dry one either way. But, mate, I think Nathan Cleary. I'm going Nico. 
Let's go. I'm lining up for more pain. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining us once again on Beers and Break Evens. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff for us. Brought to you once again by Bloke in a Bar. Remember the week of State of Origin Monday night, major announcement coming there that you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Supercoach Playbook, podcast, Facebook, Instagram, all of the above. All the good stuff, mate. Don't all the good stuff. If you're real keen. Fucking Twitter. What a cesspit. Good God. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.